0: You're listening to the Ghostlight Podcast, an intro cast for the television series Slings and Arrows. This is episode zero introductions. Uh, Welcome. I am Paul Mackey, your host, and I am the expert in this intro cast. And my other hosts are Amy Bowen.
1: Hello, this is Amy Bowen.
0: And Ben Pfeiffer. Hello, Ben Pfeiffer. And Darcy Zepernick, my wife, uh, sitting directly next to me here.
2: Hello, Darcy Zepernick here.
0: All right, and this is our crew for the Ghostlight podcast. Okay, uh, Amy, where where can we where where might we have heard you in the past? You have
1: heard me if you have ever listened to Jack Mangan's Deadpan podcast, and that's not the only place you may have heard me. I am one of the anonymous women in. Yelling and shouting in the big crowd scene in the revamped podcast version of Moravi, The Chronicles of Rafe and Ascana by T. Morris. I recorded a short story for the Christmas episode of Pickle Tales back when that was a thing. Ah, yes. Interesting.
0: What is Pickle Tales? Pickle it Tales is- was an American idol for podcast fiction. <laughs> Interesting. In <shows>. All right.
3: <laughs> Did people call in and vote for it? Or was it just kind of like a, a podcast submission contest?
0: I honestly can't recall exactly how the, vote, how the voting went, whether it was just the judges that were hosting that, that were making the final call on who passed. I, uh, I was in on the initial round trying to get into the show, and I was not one of the ones selected to actually compete.
2: I remember that. Not the not being selected part, but the <laughs> actually doing that.
1: Neither do I, but there was a Christmas episode, and I submitted a short story to that, and I think those have really been my only notable podcast guest appearances. I have been one—you and I both, Paul, have both been mainstays of the Deadpan, and we both happen to be the two serial fiction contributors. You wrote really big things, and I'm responsible for The Questers from FBM. That's right. Season two coming eventually.
0: Is that uh-huh. going to be is that, is that season 2 going to happen on The Deadpan? Uh no. <laughs> the Deadpan is quickly reaching its conclusion. It's going to end at uh, episode 288 when it becomes but
1: When it becomes too gross. Indeed.
3: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All right. What <laughs> I've never listened to The Deadpan podcast, so why well, why does it become too
0: gross at 288? Uh, because one gross is 144. Oh, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you math <Gotcha>. nerds. <laughs> you can blame Jack Mangan for that. I'm sure. I, I oh, okay. most certainly will.
2: Right now, blaming him, finger pointing.
0: Okay, uh, Ben, how about you? What, uh, what, what, what will we have heard okay. you on?
3: As far as like podcasting experience, I am a co-host of a podcast called Enumeration. You can find us on enumerationpodcast.tumblr.com or search us in iTunes, just search enumeration. That is a show where we make lists. Uh, it's very fun. It's done by my, myself and my former roommate, Alex Green, at Cincinnati. That's kind of the only podcasting experience I have. I did have about four to five years in television and radio experience after I graduated college. The production of like local news and local television shows and television commercials, that kind of stuff. And other than that, theater experience, nothing really since high school, but I was in the drama club in high school, mostly stage crew stuff, only acted in one play.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Amy, I didn't uh, actually get whether you had any experience in the theater or or viewing theater.
1: That's right. I do have a little bit. I have watched a lot of theater performances. My mom was a high school teacher, so I went to theater performances at the high school my entire life growing up. I was not really a theater kid, but one of my favorite things that I ever did when I was in high school was during my senior year when the drama department, the chorus teacher, and the music teachers agreed, let's put on, let's all work together and put on a musical. So... We put on the Pirates of Penzance, and I was in the pit orchestra. We actually had live music, although all the string parts were done on a keyboard.
0: Right. But,
1: <laughs> but we had live music. That meant I was pretty much part of the cast. Well, pit orchestra is part of the cast in the sense that we have to be there for every rehearsal, or towards the end anyway, and every performance. So it was quite a lot of work but it was a lot of fun and i was really proud of it Very nice. so that's really it
0: okay very good um darcy oh boy. i will ask you as though i don't know <laughs> do you have any podcasting experience
2: you know i actually i was part of a a serial novella podcast uh actually that was on jack Mengen's Deadpan.
0: Yes, that's www.jackmangan.com.
2: And it was a, a story uh, that was written by a gentleman, uh, Paul Mackey. Oh, him? Yes, him. And it was called "Really Big Things." And I, I had a, a, a couple of small roles in that. And to be honest, that that is all I have to offer up as far as podcast experience. However, no. How
0: about you? How about your theater experience? Oh,
2: gosh. Poor, poor Paul. You should never have married me. But,
0: um.
3: <laughs> That's what you want your wife right to say to you.
2: That's well, you know, actually, Paul and I, we we met in uh, acting one class in college. I was a theater major. He was a film major. So I, I have been involved in theater ever since I was a wee person, and uh, it's still part of my life today. Um, I'm more backstage now than on stage. I can't say I've been on stage in many, many years, but I, I, I am currently a costume designer. So I, I still still have the passion for that. And i uh, I have worked with a, a lot of theater people and uh, all of the stereotypes in the theater and so, right. so on and so forth.
0: So, you, so you've worked with very, various different kinds of directors and various different kinds of actors.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, actually, you know, my, my biggest claim to fame as a costume designer is I made fuzzy underwear for Wesley Snipes. That's, that is my claim to fame.
3: For Tu Wong Fu?
2: Tu Wong Fu with love. From no, the just two, for Newmark.
3: his regular life.
2: No, 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 no. It was it was for a movie, Wang Fu oh. with Love from Julie. So, Noir.
0: so it wasn't for prison.
2: No. Okay. No, 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 no. That I, I don't make fuzzy underwear for prison inmates. No.
0: <laughs> uh, didn't you make some uh, some hyena legs for uh, the Lion King musical? Yes, I
2: made hyena legs for Lion King the musical, um, as well. You know, I've worked uh, ses- I worked for a number of years for Sesame Street Live. You, seriously, you guys do not want to know about what happens to those Muppets on the road, because it is certainly not something that children should know about.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think I should probably also introduce myself a little bit. I'm Paul Mackey. I, my initial podcast experience is, of course, through Jack Mangan's Deadpan, as mentioned uh, various times during this introduction. <laughs> I did write the uh, podcast serial experimental novella, really big things. And then moving on from there, I also portrayed, um, well, not to spoil, so uh, a, a major non-canon character in the first season of Buffy Between the Lines, a fan fiction audio drama. And um, then I did write a second season episode for that, as well as performing a, a, a role during one of the episodes of that season. And then I also um, wrote for uh, angel between the lines one episode the halloween episode and performed a part later on in that series then otherwise you're going to variously find me guesting and uh and frequently calling in to places like the deadpan and the uh, ramjack podcast um and then you know various voicemails to potential cast and uh, um intro to x and that sort of thing but uh I've guested on um, the Twin Peaks podcast, which is an intro cast, and I also had a guest spot on the Enumeration podcast, Ben Pfeiffer's yes, show. You actually have a a segment
3: on the Enumeration podcast.
0: Ah, yes. Don't forget, I do have a recurring segment on the Enumeration podcast. I am listening to the episodes uh, from back in time, and <laughs> then um, I've called in a voicemail for the episodes that I've listened to. Uh, I think I've got to get a few in. That's um, uh, right.
2: <laughs> Is he behind on his homework?
3: <laughs> I'm behind on that podcast period right now. I haven't released one in about a month, so it's been a very very busy month in Chicago lately.
2: Things pile up. What you gonna do?
0: Well you've yeah. left you've left my episode up for a month without a new one on top of it, so that's yeah, so that's there you fine. Go. <laughs> on The bright That's
2: side. Right. Lots of lots of uh, uh, exposure for you. Then,
0: yes. Bright side for me. In terms of theater, uh, the majority of my theater experience, I did not have any theater experience in high school, other than um, you know just in terms of English classes, reading Hamlet. I think I saw. I, th- I think I saw a production of Hamlet at the Guthrie. I saw a production of the ha- of Hamlet at uh, Montana State University, that uh, my wife, my future wife, that I did not even know at the time, had done uh, costume work on. Um and then once I was in college I did uh I was in the film program so we were required to uh take acting classes and directing classes and things like that that uh involved the theater and then uh because I was so uh intimately involved in the theater by the time I was uh, further on in my studies I was uh, in- involved in a lot of crews doing a lot of crew work and uh one small production of course theater <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> which was Really really poor i 'm um, not sure if you't know the if you don't know the premise of course theater, course theater is supposed to be um, production where everything goes wrong, and really the only way that to produ- to do it well is to be a really good actor because it takes a really good actor to act like a really bad actor uh, we were just bad <laughs> it
2: was it was pretty in- Abysmal, if I remember right. It was, but it was, it was funny in some, some ways.
0: Yes. But not as funny as it could have been if it was actually being done correctly. Correct. Hmm. So that's about the, the, the extent of my theater experience, and, and then as well as just helping out making costumes. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, feeding coffee and, and such. Snacks. Snacks. Fuel. Snack runs. All right, so this uh, podcast is an intro cast. And the uh, format of the intercast, as laid down originally by the uh, folks over at Potential Cast, is that uh, one or two uh, experts of a particular show—I am the one expert in this occurrence—leads several um, newbies who have never seen the show, and then we do an episode-by-episode review week by week. So um that's the basic format. I, I we 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 watch the show episode by episode and then discuss it. Everybody except for me is unspoiled as to what happens in the uh, as it goes from week to week. So one thing that needs to be done is spoiler avoidance and I have already talked to my co-hosts about this, but uh, basically uh if it comes to slings and arrows look the other way. So if you happen to be online and see an article or something like that uh, for the, for the most part the best thing to do is just to uh to not pay attention at this is point. Is slings and arrows in the media a lot lately? I don't know that it's in the media a whole lot. I think if you're uh, you following some Canadian news, I know that uh, one of the stars, um, Paul Gross, is uh, is working an initiative to have a uh, cable channel or a satellite channel in Canada dedicated exclusively to Canadian-produced films and television. So it's, I think it comes up a little bit when they're talking about that, but I don't know that that's really come up in the news much down here.
3: Gotcha. Certainly so avoid Canada. Avoid right.
0: Canada, yes. <clears throat> it's probably for everybody for the best. They've
2: got the Tim Hortons. What are you going to do?
0: Yeah, Tim Bits. Hmm. All right, Canada jokes, episode zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to some more at some point. <laughs> Certainly. Make fun of their accent. Make fun of their A. <laughs> boot. And their boots and all of that. Okay, well, the reason... That we are talking about Canada is because we are going to be reviewing the series Slings and Arrows, produced in Canada, originally for, I believe, their movie network. The last two seasons were also co-produced by the Sundance Channel in the U.S., and all three uh, seasons were aired on the Sundance Channel at some point in the past. Uh, Slings and Arrows was uh, first produced in 2003 and comes in three seasons of six episodes each.
2: How did I miss this?
0: Uh, that's a good question. A lot of people are asking that. Uh, both both people that, are, that I've seen online and people that are uh, start that are starting to become int- introduced to this to this podcast, Everybody's wondering how did I miss a award winning and critically acclaimed comedy comedy drama? It's uh, the star is Paul Gross, who is be- probably best known to uh, folks in the U.S. from the Due South as the Mountie, the Chicago cop on Due South.
2: That I did not miss.
0: Right. And then there was um, the, one of the writers is Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall. Correct. Yep. And the Spice World movie. Woohoo! And the Spice World movie. Wow, I was not aware of all of his credits, apparently. <laughs> and, of course, one of the other major stars of it is Don McKellar, who is uh, best known as a uh, film director to folks that are, uh, that are south of the border. He had directed a film called Last Night that was about the end of the world, and it was sort of an uh, avant-garde look at the end of the world. And uh, oh, and and he was also uh, one of the stars of of Way Downtown, which is I think a favorite of Al- Illyrio Ferrera and some other folks over in the potential cast. Way, all right. That is slings and arrows. What is it about? Are we not to not even know exactly. the general? Please uh,
2: give us like- a. Can we have a hint?
0: Plot
3: synopsis.
2: <laughs> can we have
0: a hint? <laughs> yes, you can have some you can have some details. Okay. Slings and Arrows is a television series that is set in a small town called New Burbage. It's a fictional town. It's based on the Stratford Shakespeare Festival in Stratford, Ontario. That's a real life thing and a lot of the people involved in the show had involvement with the Stratford Festival at one time or another. The Stratford Festival Is a Shakespeare festival, which also produces other classical authors and and classical playwrights, uh, up through Chekhov and things like that, as well as contemporary plays. I think recently it's actually been changed to just being the uh, Stratford Festival of Theatre, but traditionally, for a long time, it was the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. Uh, You know, started back in the '60s or '50s under a tent, and eventually uh, became a a major multi-stage theater. And it's pretty much the only inter- industry of the town of Stratford. So, the New Burbage Shakespeare Festival is the is the setting for the Slings and Arrows, and basically the show looks at life uh, behind the scenes of the production of a major Shakespeare festival.
2: And I have worked on a well, it was is it major? It's major for the state. I used to work with uh, Montana's Shakespeare Festival, uh, Shakespeare in the Parks there. And uh, that I mean for Montana
0: for Montana that was major theater it, it was is. it's, it's it, the
2: only major theater
0: And that was touring theater but it was still exactly. it was still major Shakespeare Exactly. It was uh, two or three shows in repertory every summer. They would do summer. Th-
2: three shows in repertory. I think they still do it. I saw that they were hiring for costume designer this year but couldn't leave you and the kids so here I am.
0: Yeah, so the uh, the series looks at uh, also it looks at the seri- the uh, uh, festival from all angles. Uh, there's uh, a look at the uh, the the actors, the artistic direction, the financial side, all of the behind the scenes, <laughs> and uh, the directors and all of the various idiosyncrasies of people in the theater, of which there are truly many and definitely many in this particular theater.
2: I'm going to be able to put a name with every person, aren't I? I, I but I probably can't say the name, can I? It's I'm not sure. It's me. up to you. It's going to kill me. Oh, my you gosh. You might be able to
0: go first name.
2: I'll do first name. Or maybe initials. Or initials. Hmm. Some of the
0: people we only really refer to as their last name.
2: That's true. That's true. Oh, dear. <laughs> what am I going to do?
0: <laughs> All right. So does uh, is everyone clear on what the television series is about, more or less?
3: Yep. Yeah, more or less. I did watch a one minute clip online before I decided to. Oh, Cheater, join it. cheater
2: Pumpkin. No, a cheat? before he decided no, to join. I, I, yeah, exactly.
3: before I decided to join, Paul, Paul asked if I wanted to do Slings and Arrows, and I'd never heard of it. So, Slings and Arrows to me sounds like a Game of Thrones knockoff. So, I wanted to actually see what it was to see if it was something that I could actually sit through three seasons of. And the one-minute clip that I saw, which was labeled as a trailer on uh, on YouTube, but it wasn't really a trailer. But it was basically, I guess, Mark McKinney coming to that town or something like that. Anyways, it, it gave me the impression. This is kind of just a prediction of maybe what it's going to be like, and we'll see if I'm right or not. But uh, that it looks like it's a like a, almost like a single-camera type shot show, similar, I would guess, to like The Office or Parks and Recreation. So I'm interested to see if that's actually how it plays out and if there's like those little interview things or not, or if it's obviously way more scripted and maybe that one clip was different and it's really like a three camera standard television show. I don't know. So I'm interested to, to see
0: what it is and to see uh, how it goes. Yeah, I suppose we'll find out. But it's not, uh, it, it, I mean, so, so basically it is a, a theater festival. It's not like a renaissance festival. Which I think some people get confused. Renaissance festival being more of a, uh, I don't know, it's a little bit more of a ragtag, a little less organized. It's not I don't about know. plays. Dress
2: up, by crap. That's what dress I dress up, it by is. crap. Yes.
0: And a lot of the a lot of the participants in the Renaissance festival like to believe they are their role.
2: They really do, and that's creepy in Pretty some creepy way. and
0: strange. You're not going to find well, a l-
3: Renaissance festival only lasts like a weekend, right? Like a, like oh, a Shakespeare uh, no
2: no 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 no. Okay, here's the deal with the Renaissance festival. What they do, there are people that this is like their life. They go from festival to festival. So this 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 uh, two month, and usually they do run about month and a half, two months. You know, they they start in Boston, then they go down to Georgia, then they go to Arizona, and the, and it kind of follows, uh, you know, weather patterns too, because of course it's outside. So, so you will. It, it, it's kind of like carnies, but it's like carnies that dress up and smell bad too. I don't know. It's, <laughs> so like, it's hard smell. to. And there's a lot of patchouli involved, <laughs> and
3: yeah, it's it's. But it's, the people, like the average Joe, that would go to a Renaissance festival, wouldn't join the pilgrimage or whatever. They would just go for the one weekend that they happen to be outside of
0: town, right? Exactly. Right, yeah. And then they okay. they
2: eat food, buy crap, and you know look at look at boobs. You know that's what you do.
0: Yeah. So, but but the uh, Uh, sorry. Yeah, but but a Shakespeare festival such as the uh, the one the New Burbage Shakespeare Festival or the uh, Stratford Festival in real life is a whole multi-month period of of sixteen to eighteen shows that are produced usually on multiple stages and uh, they, they usually have a fairly long run for each show. Right. Nice. And they usually have a uh, central cast, which is you know basically a, the director is casting the show, but they're casting it from from a company that is already established.
2: Right. My experience with Montana Shakespeare in the Parks, they would pick. Um, there were they would have three shows, a cast of probably. Um, Twelve people. Some people would have to double up parts, that sort of thing, for depending on which play. And if you had, you know, a really strong role in one play, you would have a weaker role in another, so that you didn't have quite so much of a burden. And then they would play them in the repertoire.
0: Hey, you're not going to find a whole lot of people in in uh, slings and arrows <laughs> saying huzzah unless they're uh, unless they're doing so on stage.
2: There you go.
0: <laughs> not too much. I've been to one Shakespeare
3: festival before or one play, I guess, and I saw Othello. Amy, do you have any experience with Shakespeare festivals? I regret to say I've never actually
1: been to a proper Shakespeare festival. When I was 11, I went with my mom to a Shakespeare Oxford Society meeting, which involved the production of a couple of plays, but that was really it. However, I've seen a couple of, and there was that, in a couple of high school productions. I am looking forward to this, though, because as I said earlier... Mom was an English teacher, so I have a, an enormously high level of esteem and respect for Shakespeare, and I cannot wait to see this stuff played out. We also owned the reduced Shakespeare Company video oh, on yes. DVD, which is absolutely hilarious. And if you haven't seen it, see it. Absolutely. Because I will probably make references to it at some point, <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
0: The one thing I do want to warn the listeners is, or not warn but uh, reassure the listeners, is that while it is nice to have some uh, exposure to Shakespeare and know some of the great plays and the great uh, speeches and such, it is not required uh, for enjoying the series.
2: Oh no! So maybe. Well, I have
3: have a little knowledge. Like I've seen Othello, and I know the basic plot of like the major plays, but that's about it. I've never. I don't I've never actually sat down and like studied them so
2: I have read every play. Oh
3: wow. All right, so you
1: are awesome. Well, no, no,
2: I wouldn't I wouldn't go with awesome. I would just say probably I I you know, it was required of me at some point in time. <laughs> at some point or another. Mhm.
0: But basically anybody who watches this show, uh if anything you're you're going to get a lot of introduction. You you'll you'll understand some of the themes better and you'll uh you'll understand some of the speeches better perhaps, but it's not it's not required uh, knowledge ahead of watching the show.
1: Okay, fine. I, I have read a few. I did take a class in college where I had to read like five or six. Exactly. And I and I read several in high school, but I've so I've read a bunch, but not anywhere near all of them. But you weren't required. See, that's the thing. When you're required <laughs> was,
3: You're forced to read them. That's right, was, that's
1: right. I was well, I was forced to read them in high school and I was semi-kind of forced to read them, I could have chosen to take a different class, but I chose to take that one. So therefore I was required to read some of them.
2: And you enjoyed it?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. The actual reading part, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I hadn't had to write a two-page paper every week.
2: Yeah, yeah, I could see that.
1: But the actual, actually reading them was really cool.
2: Yes.
3: So it sounds like the newbies kind of run the gambit from beginner to novice to expert.
2: Well, You're- don't call me an expert. <laughs> Seriously? You've read
3: every single one of them. But,
2: <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm 40 years old. You know, that doesn't go back to... 16 was when I started reading these things. You think I really remember all that? Really? <laughs> oh, no. I see. No, 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 no. no. But I, I have I have done it.
0: Yes, there are Shakespeare uh, experts in the world that would scoff at your knowledge. Oh, of
2: course <laughs> they would. They, they would. I, mean, you know, not, I did not study each one, but I have, I have read through each one and you know the ones one that i read when i was 16 i probably didn't
0: read as well as some of the others so there you go why don't we go ahead and look at what it, what the uh, typical ghost light episode will uh, break down like we will um, begin each episode with a description of the episode that we are uh, that we're examining some podcasts out there now are doing a one minute description that is that is uh, given by one of the hosts whether it be the expert or the newbies and they are timed to try to get as close to a minute as possible uh, this began with the uh, oh, dear. Ramjack podcast where they were uh, where they started this uh, episode description game describing episodes of mr. Belvedere and Saved by the bell
2: <laughs> now that I could do.
0: <laughs> Ramjack is a podcast that is co-hosted by Alex Green, who is co-host of the Enumeration podcast. Ah. Yep. Uh, but then they've that, that, uh, that format is spread into the Intro to X, X-Files podcast, um, where they spin a wheel at the beginning of every episode and make whoever it lands on do a impromptu one-minute description of the episode, trying to get as close to a minute as possible while oh, being timed. Dear. I don't think we're going to force anybody to that. I believe the uh, I believe I found some good descriptions of the podcasts uh, or of, of the episodes rather uh, for the first season on IMDb that I'll that I will read at the head of the show. Oh. so you can uh, you can at least uh, wipe your brow that you've missed that bullet uh, at least for the first season. After that, after that first season, I don't see any uh, concise descriptions. I'll either have to write them myself or we'll be forced to. Uh, Adopt the one-minute challenge.
2: I, I could do that. I, I'd be all right with that.
0: Yeah, I'd be fine with that, too. All right, but as it goes right now, we'll have the episode description followed by our theme song, which is going to be played later on the episode. It is Ur Hamlet by the Brob and Bards. And yeah. that is a song that I basically um, went to Mark Gunn's Facebook page and said, hey, man, you know I know you do a lot of different things, with uh, filk and folk music And um, if you know of anything that's about theater or Shakespeare Or anything like that, that might be good Let me know what it is I love
2: his cat songs
0: And he does wonderful cat songs But uh, Mark Gunn is one of the members of the Rob and Bards And he gave us um, I, I'm not sure if the episode, if the song is actually out under Creative Commons But he has, he has given us permission and encouragement to use his song or Hamlet or their song or Hamlet. So that is the song we're using for our theme song. Sweet. So, following the theme song, we'll have greetings and introductions to uh, to the uh, episode. Probably it'll go a little smoother than this whole introduction episode that we're doing right now. <laughs> I'll get into the swing of things. Okay. Um, so, following the uh, the theme song and greeting, we'll we'll go through our in-depth step through and uh, open it for commentary as we go. I'll have a general outline of how the episode went and describe the the major points, and then you guys can discuss the detail of uh, what you thought of each each bit. Uh, I think with the first episode of the uh, series, it's going to take a little longer. It is a bit of an ensemble cast affair, and when I was putting together my outline for that one, it's looking... um, it's looking pretty detailed, but that's because every every person that comes on screen is a new character, and every new character is uh, is worthy of comment, or many of them are worthy of comment. After we f- conclude with the, uh, the step-through of the episode, we'll open for feedback, if there is any, and hopefully there will be, from plenty of folks out there that are uh, interested in talking about the series as well. And then after the feedback, we will do quotes. Uh, people, uh, any, anybody with a favorite quote in the episode will be able to... Uh, to line up and try to tackle each other verbally for a first crack at the uh, the best ones, and then there will be ratings. The time-honored tradition of of introcast ratings is a scale of one through ten, and you can decimalize as you wish. Um, but it is usually one through ten funny things about the episode. So, I mean, it, I'm, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of something because everything I think everything I think of is an actual example from the show.
2: Okay, think of another show.
0: So yeah, like if uh, if if it, if it was a episode of the X Files and someone was rating an episode of the X Files, they'd say the episode was was uh, rated a four point four Mulder deadpan expressions or something like that. Okay. Gotcha. Or um, slug Tales. Okay. 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 Or whatever. It was something amusing out of the actual episodes? Yeah. I don't think I saw
2: that episode.
0: Yes. All right, uh, so you understand that uh, rating system, more or less? Yep. Yep. I got it. (laughs) Something funny from the episode or something that amused you from the episode. And then there will be the assignment for next time um, at the end of the episode, and then we will uh, give our general outro, show information, contact information, and all that. And that's the way an episode will go. Okay. Are we going to make predictions on what we think is going to happen? Yeah, all all, all through, basically. I mean, you can... You can at any point during a, during an episode step through, or if you if you have a prediction to call out. Um, okay. Yep.
3: In the in the general review section.
0: In the general review section, or if you do gotcha. think of, if you do think of something that's uh, more of a general prediction, you can bring it up in, at any point close to the end. And okay, go. I'm predicting that Mark McKinney will die at the end of the first season. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> I, oh. I predict that the act uh, the director will sleep with one of the actresses at the end of the season.
0: Not before the end of the casting? Quite possible, <laughs> but you never know. Okay. Anybody else with bold predictions, Amy?
1: Um, not very good at coming up with crazy <laughs> things off the cuff like this, guys. Sorry.
3: <laughs> no worries.
0: Quite all right. Okay. Uh, so if anybody has anything else for our introduction episode that they'd like to discuss, this would be a good time. Otherwise, we'll move on to the uh, end of this episode. Anything?
2: I, I mean, for me, I I'm just so... Excited! Uh, I, I feel that this is going to, you know, bring me back to a lot of a lot of moments in my my youth. I, I think that I'll, I, I'm really excited about that part.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm extremely psyched about this. I've been uh, I've been talking up this series to various folks, uh, tabs included. Uh, this uh, this podcast is uh, to be syndicated through the Quadruple Z Network. Uh, which is run by Tabitha Grace Smith and I've been talking to Tabitha Grace Smith about this series for years uh ever since I found out she was a huge Paul Gross and due south fan nice. but uh in general i i'm 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 really uh excited about this and i've been uh ever since I acquired the box set at Christmas time I've been really really amped about getting this going
3: yeah, I will say the one thing I'm not excited about is withholding from binge-watching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because um, I have become accustomed to binge-watching, especially in the past, like, five years of everything. Well,
2: Netflix so, happened, and then I, like, lost eight hours of my life right. one day on some crazy thing, and it, it, it's what happens now. Yep.
1: Okay, this whole thing is totally new to me because although I've had Netflix for years, I've never had the wherewithal or the desire to sit down and watch things straight through don't do it yeah, right. That's it's all I have
3: to say. extremely <laughs> addicting and life-sucking yes. it
2: is it is you know you're like oh my gosh i don't have any underwear and it's because i watched tv for eight hours today and i, really I think i ran through
3: all else. of house of cards in about 18 hours
2: <laughs> yeah. oh my
0: gosh <laughs> well now that they're now that they're releasing new series all at once in one chunk now too i know Very house of cards and uh whatever this uh, latest spooky show was. And, In Lock Grove. Yes, yeah, In Lock Grove. And and I think Arrested Development's going to be released that way. Yeah, I believe that's the, the rumor, or the, wow. the word on the street.
1: Wow, that's that's new. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's not going to be a problem for me, but <laughs> I am going to, I'm definitely looking forward to being introduced to a new new series. Mm-hmm. And like Darcy, I'm also going to be reminded of days of my youth just reading the shakespeare plays
0: all right oh the the other one thing i did want to warn folks if they uh i've I've already given our cast our podcast staff a warning about this but uh, anybody that wants to follow along and wants to remain unspoiled be really careful about uh, descriptions on netflix there are a few things that i've noticed on especially the the series description in general as well as some episode descriptions before you start playing that are uh that are mildly to severely spoilery. All right,
2: question. Cool. Good to know. Kids safe.
0: Kids safe? No, no not not oh, really kids safe. There's man. a lot of language.
2: Okay. Okay. A lot of language. Well, of about- course, it's theater. Uh,
0: yes, it's theater.
2: Seriously,
0: there's Um, my our, our our children to some extent. I mean, they 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 because
2: mommy has a potty mouth. Because mommy that what you're has a putty
0: Possibly. <laughs> okay. Because because, well. because our four year old continuously says, "I won't say that, mommy." <laughs>
2: Hey, at least she knows better, all right? Maybe I don't, but she does. I did a good job.
0: Yes. I believe it probably would be a TVM or MA, is that what they're calling it these days? I forget.
2: I don't know. I don't read that part. You know, I'm too busy folding (laughs) underwear
0: that. I'm not sure if it actually has an official uh, rating system rating because it's from Canada. I'm not sure if Canada adopted those ratings. Uh, You uh,
2: know what? I bet they did that.
0: Nope, because those are dumb. Yes.
2: That's right. So that's an American regulation thing.
0: All right. Well, are you guys ready for your assignment for next time? Oh, uh, do I yeah. Is it a two-page paper? Uh, no, you don't have to do a two-page <laughs> okay. paper. It, it's, <laughs> it's a, it, it, you may find it helpful to take notes, uh, at least to write down your quotes and your, right. uh, your rating ahead of time. But your assignment for next time is Season 1, Episode 1, Oliver's Dream.
2: Oliver's Dream.
0: That is what it's called.
2: Is it like, I want some more? No, not that, not that one.
1: Okay,
0: wrong author.
2: Oh, I know. What am I going to do?
1: Okay, sounds cool. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Don't tell me. I'm just wondering.
0: <laughs> All right. Yep. I'm not. I'm not telling There's anything about the
1: title <laughs> I look forward to seeing it.
0: Okay, I'm going to give down the uh, the uh, the spiel of the contact information for the show now. Uh, you can contact us. Uh, by email at theghostlikepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to include the word the at the beginning of that. On Facebook, you can find our group at Ghostlight Podcast, or uh, you can find it by searching Ghostlight Podcast and uh, ask to become a member. On Twitter, we are at GhostLightPC. Um, all of the accounts for Ghost Light are, are long taken, along with underscores and whatnot, but PC. Hey, okay very pivotically correct. You hey,
2: know. you know, you know when you when you when you said ghostlight, you know what I thought of?
0: What did you think of?
2: I thought of and you know, wow. I have small children. I have small children. Yes. Cars. You the thought of cars. cars, the movie cars. Well, actually it's not the the movie cars. There's a short, the short yeah. and it has the ghost light. and I was like, why are you calling it that.
3: Yeah, Just, I don't know why it's called the ghost light either. Yeah, could um, you
2: tell us? I, Is that I'm a curious. spoiler? If well, you see, tell that's, us why,
0: that, 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 that kind of follows the tradition of these uh, of these intro casts uh, to some extent. Uh, the potential cast, the uh, the folks that are watching, have no idea why they're called the potential cast.
2: Well, I have a, a feeling of why it might be called a ghost light because I took a series of classes from Joel Jenkins. You remember yes, him? Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was a lighting instructor as well as uh, further on into a so directing and So I
2: have a feeling.
0: Do you want to share your feeling or you want to leave that out for I a while? I am just
2: going to leave that out.
0: <laughs> All right. That's good. Yes, you will not find out directly from me what the Ghostlight in po- the Ghostlight Ghost podcast is unless you already know it. All right. So um, I was at the Twitter handle of at GhostlightPC, and we have a voicemail line just freshly set up this evening. And it is um, area code 206-202-6378. And I haven't had time to look up what that might spell. So uh, at the moment, it's just a phone number. Uh, Once again, 206-202-6378. And you can leave us your feedback on the episode Oliver's Dream, if you wish. And you will appear on the next episode. So with that... I will be playing our outro, which will be normally our intro music, the Ur-Hamlet by the Brobdingnagian Bards. All right, and uh, I'm Paul Mackey. Goodbye.
2: Darcy Zepernick, see you uh, later.
1: This is Amy Bowen signing out.
3: And Ben, have a good one, guys.
0: Hey, one more thing before the Bards do their thing. In the time since we recorded this introduction episode, we recorded our episode one as well. But fear not, I will not release episode one until you have time to watch the episode and send us feedback. One more time, our email is theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com, and the voicemail line is two zero six two zero two six three seven eight. I will wait at least seven days from when you are hearing this before I'll make a feedback appendix for episode one. And now I present Or Hamlet by the Brobdingnagian bards.
4: This king sitting in his garden all alone When his brother in his ear Put a wee bit of in vain He stole his brother's crown and his money and his widow But the dead king walked and got his son and said, hey listen kiddo I've been killed and it's your duty then to take revenge on Claudius Kill him quick and clean, show the nation what a fraud he is The boy says, right I'll do it, I'll have to play it crafty So no one will suspect me, now kiddo on, I'm a dafty and with all except Horatio, cause he counts him as a friend. Hamlet, that's the boy, puts on his bend But because he was not ready for obligatory killing, he tried to make the king think he was toughens off a shilling. Got her rise out of Polonius, treats poor Ophelia vile, told Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Denmark's a bloody jail. Then a troop of traveling actors, like 784, arrived to do a special one night gig in Elsinore. Hamlet, Hamlet, loved his mommy. Hamlet, Hamlet, acting Barbie. Hamlet, Hamlet, hesitating. Wonders if the ghosts are fake, and that is why he's beaten. Then Hamlet wrote a scene for the players to enact, while Horatio and he watched to see if Claudius cracked. The play was called The Mousetrap, not the one that's running now. And sure enough, the king walked out before the final bow. So Hamlet's got the proof that Claudius gave his dad the dose The only problem being now, Claudius knows he knows it's While Hamlet tells his mother her new husband's not a fit one Uncle Claude puts out a contract with the English king as hitman And when Hamlet killed Polonius, the concealed corpus delecti was the king's excuse to send him For an English hempen necktie with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to make sure he got there Hamlet jumped the boat and put the finger on that pair while Laertes heard his dad had been stabbed through the artist, he came running back to Elsinore to sweet hotwood from Paris. And Ophelia, with her dad killed by the man she wished to marry, after saying of the flowers, she committed Harry Harry Hamlet, Hamlet, name Messin. Hamlet, Hamlet, learned his lesson. Hamlet, Hamlet, Yorick's Crust convinced him that men, good or bad, at last must come to dust. Then Laertes lost his and was demanding retribution. The king said, keep your head, I'll provide you a solution. He arranged a sword fight for the interested parties, with a blunted sword for Hamlet and a sharpened sword for Laertes. To make things double sure, the old belt and braces line. He fixed a poison sword and a poison cup of wine. The poison sword got Hamlet, but Laertes went and muffed it, because he got stabbed himself and he confessed before he snuffed it. Then Hamlet's mommy drank the wine and as her face turned blue Hamlet said, I think the king's a baddie through and through murders, murder, the Dan Dane. he said to be precise Made up for hesitating once, like killing Claudius twice Before he stabbed him with the sword and forced the wine between his lips He cried, the rest is silence, and cashed in all his chips They fired a volley over him that shook the topmost rafter. And Fortinbras, knee-deep in Danes, of happily ever after." Hamlet, oh so gory. Hamlet, Hamlet, end of story. Hamlet, Hamlet, I'm away. If you think this is boring, you should read the bloody
0: play. All right. Well, shall we? Yes. We shall. Game on. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, I'm all... I'm all nervous and stuff. I should take a few more swigs of this thing here.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't already have one down before I got here.
0: I was putting the kids to bed.
2: Well, you supposed know.
0: you supposed to do that with a beer in your one
2: <laughs> Well, you, sh- you sneak it. What do you think I'm doing behind the refrigerator over there?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's not apple juice.
0: I kiss Iris goodnight and she says, Daddy, you smell funny?
2: Well, <laughs> you should say that anyway.
0: All right.